Hi, everybody. Welcome to the second episode of Life After the Badge. Um, Chuck Fry, I'm your host, and uh, I really appreciate you taking the time to hear what I have to say. I um, mentioned in the first podcast, there's a lot of things I want to do with this podcast. I want to do a lot of interviews and and, uh, address issues of uh, retirees from law enforcement and also for the people who are considering or preparing for retirement. So yesterday I uh, was preparing for my next episode and kicking ideas around about what I'd like to discuss and I jot things down and I jotted down some notes to talk about the thin blue line symbol and it was going to be what it's all about, what it represents, where it came from, uh, what it means to other people. And then I got a phone call from an old friend that I worked with uh, about 15, a little over 15 years ago. Um, he is probably one of the most high-speed guys I've ever met in this career. He is a very unassuming person to see initially and, and talk to always a smile on his face the nicest guy who would do anything for you uh the kind of guy that would wear the you know the torn up college hat and the uh ripped sweatshirt always in good shape but not anything that would that was intimidating at least not <laughs> as you meet him and talk to him but Having the pleasure um, most of the time <laughs> to work with him, I saw the other side of him, and he was, um, due to his background, he was uh, someone not to mess with. He always, uh, let's say, took command of any physical altercation and ended it rather quickly. He was very good at it. He actually made a statement to me that uh, the reason he chose his career path was because he went into the military and he could run a gun. And believe me, he can. And so he followed that and made a very good career out of it. Uh, a very colorful career. And we talked literally for hours. I think that's the longest phone conversation I've ever been on. And I was just captivated for every minute of it. Great guy to talk to. But he mentioned that he'd listened to my first podcast. And he say, he, he referred to uh, my reference to PTSD and the fact that you know, I was diagnosed and treated for it successfully. And he said, uh, in his words, that, that took a lot of balls for you to say that. You know, on a public forum like a podcast. And uh, at this point in my life, I, I didn't really see it that way. I, I see it as something, you know, I went through and, and, man, if I could just help anybody not go through it or go through it as, you know, get treated as soon as possible, that would be, that would make everything worth it. That would make, you know, uh, this podcast uh, be fantastic. And he, uh, shared with me his his story with PTSD um, 
like I said, he was very high speed in the military and, and on our job. He um, was exposed to flashbang use probably more than anybody should ever be exposed to it. He was asked one time, have you ever experienced flashbang? And he said multiple times um, weekly <laughs> during training and, and during uh, his assignments. And uh, we started talking about some of the symptoms that he uh, showed, and it just brought back memories. It, it almost exactly, obviously, he had been through and seen a lot more than I did, um, at least in, in a, different, a different path. Uh, I'd seen a lot of things that stuck with me and caused some issues, but he saw some horrendous things and experienced some horrendous things. Um, but both of us did share these symptoms, uh, sleeplessness, irritability, very short temper, flashbacks. Uh, he described one where he um, looked at something as simple as a cup holder. And, uh, buddy, I'm... I'm I'm bringing this up, just I hope it's okay with you, and that uh, he experienced, a, a, he was at the scene of an auto accident where a young man died, and a uh, cup holder was filled with blood, and he still sees that. And when he sees a cup holder from a certain angle or, or certain circumstances, he sees that, and he freezes on it. And, and I experienced that uh, same thing. And it's, it's just horrible. It's a, it's a, a living nightmare. And speaking of nightmares, that's another symptom. It's just unbelievable nightmares. There was, there was a period of my life for um, probably two years where I never once slept more than two to three hours, three hours max at a time. And that wears on you. <laughs> um, so... Yeah, this podcast, instead of talking about the Thin Blue Line or doing an interview, uh, I just want to talk and not heavily in depth. I'm not an expert in it. I'm just a victim of it. But I want to talk about PTSD a little bit. Um, also, during our conversation, he brought up the fact that one of uh, our coworkers had uh, recently committed suicide in November. He was a guy, he and I weren't super close, but we definitely knew each other. We had worked together. We had gone to FOP events together. We'd golfed together. Uh, he was a great guy. He left behind a couple kids. And shortly after retiring, after a 20-year career, he took his own life. As I said before, Jen and I travel a lot, so um, I hadn't heard about um, Ed and uh, man, it hit it hit me hard. And the uh, I looked up Ed's obituary and I was reading through it. Had his picture, state police picture, and um, at the bottom it said, you know, you can uh, flowers can be sent to family at this address, and it said you can also plant a tree in Ed's memory, and. This is the tree I'm going to plant. 
if you are feeling these symptoms and maybe you don't even identify what they are and you are a police officer uh, there that will bring up fears uh, that the department if they find out you're being treated for it will take some kind of adverse uh, action against you and God, these days I hope that's not true, but I can surely understand the feeling, some of the dealings I've had. Um, but you need to talk to somebody. You need to do, a little, do some research. You need to talk to somebody. And I would suggest you talk to a, a trusted coworker, a trusted friend, um, and get some help from a counselor. At least talk to a counselor. If he can't help you, he or she can't help you, they can surely direct you better than I ever could. Um, that's what I did. I uh, experienced uh, what, what, what finally capped it off was um, I was supervising a young man that I had known since my very first day at uh, the department I was working at at the time. And he was the nicest guy. Uh, he would do anything for you, go out of his way to do it. Uh, just, uh, there wasn't a mean bone in this guy's body. And I uh, perceived something that he did as wrong. And I lit him up in the hallway. I just climbed up one side of him, down the other, just screaming like a maniac. And when I finally got composure, I, I, he had walked away, I'd walked away, and uh, the chief at the time had heard it, and it was along with everybody else in the building, and they called me in, he called me in, and said, man, you, you need to talk to somebody. And he was right. And uh, immediately I made arrangements um, and talked to a counselor. He was... Uh, a he was he was a preacher but also a psychologist and at first of course I was very guarded I was very careful about what I said to him but he just was a very easy man to talk to and it, it worked out fantastic for me he uh, coordinated with my personal care physician um, I received a medication that you know, almost immediately started helping me and um, then when uh, it got to the point where I did not need the medication anymore, the, my doctor started to wean it off, and um, the rest is history. But getting back to my conversation with uh, my buddy, my coworker, he brought up a, a treatment that he had gone through, and it's called um, SGB shot, and it's stellate ganglion block. It's uh, as there are two nerve masses in your neck um, run parallel to each other, and they inject this uh, nerve mass with uh, some sort of an anesthetic, some medication, and it resets your fight or flight mechanism in your mind, and. Um, that's as good as a layman such as myself can describe it. 
Sean said it was an incredible help. Um, uh, my suggestion is that it's very easy to find on the internet. Look it up. And um, if this is something that you, you think would help you, definitely check into it. Um, the side effects that I read about weren't, for the most part, weren't serious and weren't permanent. Uh, there were a couple more serious ones, but uh, like I said, I, I'm not a doctor. But this uh, treatment showed an 83%, over an 83% success rate in reducing the PTSD symptoms. That's, that's pretty impressive. So, yeah, I strongly suggest uh, look up the SGB shot on Google and you'll immediately get a flood of information on it. If, if you are going through these symptoms, it's definitely worth checking out. Um, but if you don't decide to go that route, talk to somebody. Get some kind of treatment. Get some kind of testing done. And, you know, do it discreetly. I'm not saying that you have to ring the bell and shake the tambourine and get I Survived PTSD t-shirts and hats made and everything. It's, you know. If you see that, you know, make you shake your head a little bit. But if you are experiencing it, man, you get get the counseling. Talk to somebody about it. Um, the, there are programs with different departments uh, where it's it's a peer to peer contact, and you know that for certain things those are good. Uh, my buddy and I discussed this. Probably not the best. For this circumstance, um, but and I'm not knocking them, and neither did my buddy. We're not knocking those programs, but it's uh, this. This is something maybe you want to you want to take up a little more privately, maybe outside your agency. Uh, like I said, these days you, you would hope that uh, police agencies are forward enough thinking that <laughs> they wouldn't um, it wouldn't stand against you. But as in, I've worked with some agencies where it definitely would. So, according to a site I found, uh, the Stay Safe Foundation, it, uh, they, they list here some symptoms, and uh, this foundation deals with PTSD, specifically in veterans and police officers. Um, again, I'm, I'm not an expert. I'm a, uh, <laughs> I went through this, and that, that's the end of my expertise. But um, some of the symptoms they list are re-experiencing type symptoms such as uh, involuntary, intrusive, distressing memories. Um, that would include flashbacks of the trauma, uh, bad dreams, which would really hit me, um, where I would, it, it, I would just see these scenes rolling like a slot machine in front of me. It was unbelievable. Um, avoidance. Uh, which includes staying away from certain places, certain people, certain objects that are reminders of that event. Um, cognitive and mood symptoms, <laughs> which could include trouble recalling the event, negative thoughts about oneself. Person uh, feel numb, guilty, worried, depressed, um, even have trouble remembering certain events, that the traumatic events. Can also involve out-of-body experiences. Uh, I bought the cup holder, and um, 
with me. It was some fire-related things, uh, a couple trauma-related things uh, I saw as a police officer. Uh, and also, uh, uh, like, hypervigilance. Well, there's a tough one. Hypervigilance. <laughs> Examples would be um, intensely startled by stimuli that otherwise wouldn't, you know, set something off. And still to this day, there's a loud bang near me, you know, tire blowing or somebody dropping a glass and it breaks and it's unusually loud. I'd jump. I, you know, a lot of people jump, but I'd you know, go through the ceiling. Um, trouble sleeping. Yeah, for sure. Felt that one. And the outburst of anger, which I described to you, just unacceptable, uh, you know, and um, I, I tease my wife. She's, uh, she kind of has a little bit of a Midwest accent and, Sometimes I, you know, when I would lose my temper, temper over silly something silly, she would just turn to me. All right, Mister Krabs, and it just instantly re, you know, regrounded me, uh, and it moved on from there. But I had that with her, and I still, I still have it. Still tease her about it. Um, but it was a, it was a good mechanism for me, and just purely by accident and by luck, I guess. Which brings up another point. Uh, like I said, I'm lucky enough to have a supportive wife who, who was there through all this. And uh, my buddy, uh, his wife is fantastic. She um, supports him and, and I guess <laughs> tolerated his uh, symptom display uh, understanding and, and helped him get the help he needed. Uh, a lot of people that I know uh, that display these uh, these symptoms, maybe not all of them, maybe a few of them, and they might try to explain them off as well. You know, I'm just under stress right now, or I, um, it's a nervous, it's a nerve thing, you know, and I'm just pissed off about this, or so and so did this, and I just don't want them to, man, I, I just want them to get, you know, just talk to somebody. Take that first step. Um, Ed, you know, I don't, I don't know what demons Ed was dealing with. Uh, there's, there's been studies done where, you know, the, the highest level suicide rate among police officers is among those who are within five years of retirement but still active. And then uh, usually after retirement, that drops way off. I guess it's because of lack of stress or different kinds of stress at that point, I guess. But um, I don't know what Demon's Ed was dealing with. But, man, I wish, you know, I wish he would have spoken up. And Ed was a hardcore guy. He was, yeah, he was um, old, old school statey. And uh, you don't show your feelings, you know. Thinking with the new generations of uh, police officers, that 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 old school hardhead thing's kind of fading away a little bit. But um, for the better or worse, depends on who you ask. Uh, but talk to somebody. Um, my buddy called me, man. Thank you so much. That was uh, that was an awesome conversation and. <laughs> Like you said, this this make a cheesy movie, <laughs> um, but uh, 
really enjoyed the conversation and also appreciate the, the direction uh, that led to this episode of this podcast and uh, the uh, project you're talking about starting up. You let me know and I'll help you out with it. Definitely. Um, this isn't a huge forum, but it's a forum. And hopefully it, it gets a little bigger j just for the attention um, that I can bring to things like this. So, yeah, buddy, again, thanks. Um, Ed, man, rest in peace, brother. And for those of you out there getting ready to retire or freshly retired, yeah, stay tuned. I'm going to talk about uh, jobs life after the badge, <laughs> um, uh, hobbies, big thing that uh, my buddy and I talked about. Um, and I don't you know, I'm talking about like in-depth hobbies, something that really draws your attention and your time and something you really love doing really helps, really helps. Um, so, um, you want to leave a message for me? If you want to get in touch with me, uh, lifeafterthebadge.buzzsprout.com is my website. Yeah, it's not real in-depth, but there are links there to go to uh, Twitter and, and uh, Instagram. Uh, if you want to leave me an email, by all means, afterthebadgepodcast at gmail.com. Um, and I will definitely uh, take a look at what you have to say. and If you have any suggestions or any criticisms, um, let me know. Uh, if you have anything good to say, let me know. But uh ask you to keep tuning in, support the podcast, and um, definitely catch you next time. Uh, till then, keep your head on a swivel, stay safe, and remember, always watch the hands. Mm -hmm.